Got You Back Podstream is brought to you by Kinprint. For all your company's promotional needs, they do it all. Apparel, promotional products, using the highest quality brands. They do logo design, signage, and printing. Kinprint will promote your brand with excellence. Visit kinprint.ca. Thanksgiving, everybody, and welcome to this holiday edition of Got Your Back, Y-E-G. Hope you've had a great weekend filled with family and food and fun. Maybe you got some more planned for tonight. I know I'll be on my third Thanksgiving meal tonight. My cup and my belly runneth over this year. Lots to talk about on today's podcast. Looking forward to it. A couple of big signings in Winnipeg just dropped. Rob Brown, Jason Strudwick standing by. We're going to dig into all of it as well as the Oilers trying to explain this cap situation. What the heck's going on? Rafi Lavoie clears waivers. We'll talk about that. I asked Jay Woodcroft he was starting in net. You think he told me? Uh, I'll let you know in just a minute. And uh, Dylan Holloway in conversation as well. Got your back. Brought to you by the big store in the park, Sherwood Buick GMC. And they're having their model year-end blowout Friday the 13th. Join the crew at Sherwood Buick GMC for an exclusive one-day-only offers and your chance to win tickets to the Heritage Classic, Oilers and Flames. And if you mention that the podcast sent you, mention Got Your Back podcast sent you, you'll get some specialized pricing. You'll also get three free ultimate detail packages on a new vehicle. Go see Phil and the crew in Sherwood Park or online at www.gmcpod.com. So that's Friday the 13th. And tell them, got your sent you coming to you from the beautiful Long Shot Studio here in Sherwood Park. Amazing golf and a fantastic sports bar experience. Visit longshots.ca. That is Longshots with a Z. They've got TrackMan technology in their simulators. And uh, it's a great golfing experience. Good food, too. Happy Thanksgiving, boys. How are we doing? Brownie, how are you, man? I'm doing very good. How are you? Yeah, it's good. My Like I said in the intro, man, my, my belly is full. It's about to get fuller tonight. Three in a row, Struddy, is a lot. And I'm a little worried about the suits and whether they're going to fit on Tuesday. But <laughs> I, I don't know, man. In each one, I tell myself I'm just going to be smart and go with the salads and kind of ease off. Right. Full plate both nights so far. Yeah, no, we'd expect nothing less. And quite honestly, you know, you do have flexibility to go for a walk or something else, you know, like kind of energy, energy. And I'm not going to tell you how to live your life, but there is, you don't have to sit there like Jabba the Hutt and have someone feed you, right? Yeah, fair enough. Great to see you guys as well. Yeah, really, really nice to see you, Strads. Holy smokes, comes out swinging like that. Hey, uh, I want to, what other topic today? I mean, we'll talk about all this hockey stuff that we got to talk about, but I was thinking uh, through both of my Thanksgiving meals, looking down at my plate, and I'm thinking, if I had to narrow this down to just four items, like four items and that's it, what would they be? What would your four items be? I'll tell you my items because I know, and I'll give you guys a second to think about it. By the way, we're streaming live on Twitter and on YouTube. So if you want to tell us what your four must-have items, and I'm talking like sides and everything, you get four things to pick. Mine would be, and this is going to be weird, right? But everyone's just going to be a little different. Pierogies and cranberry sauce and uh, stuffing and sweet potatoes. Those would be my four. Those are always what's left on my plate last because I always save the things that I like the best last. So that's always sitting on my plate last. What's your, what, what do you guys got for your four? Um, I'll go first. Uh, turkey. Got to have turkey. Yesterday, actually, my buddy, Natron, he made a, a smoked turkey. He was up at 2 in the morning brining it. Set his alarm to get up in the middle of the night to brine it. But So turkey automatic. Mashed potatoes with gravy. That counts as one. No, 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 my no. Wife, that's two, buds. Agreed. No, no, spa- no, Agreed, mashed potatoes Brownie. comes with gravy. You can't no, drink such things mashed potatoes. Yes. Yeah, it does. Agreed. Anyone that drinks Brownie. that eats mashed potatoes without gravy is just weird. So, no, it comes as one. Agreed, Brownie. Number Agreed. three. Oh, I'm just making up your own three. rules now. I guess you're in charge. <laughs> Sorry, go ahead. Uh, isn't this my podcast and you are making two <laughs> guests? Basically. <laughs> um, number three is my Four. wife's sweet potatoes with brown sugar and pecans. It is the best Five thing six. ever. I could just eat that. It's awesome. And number four buns for wiping the whole plate clean at the end of dinner right 
Mm. Right. There's my four. And if you throw a fifth, then can pie. But that's just me. Yeah. Struds, what do you Well, first off, I, I'm not familiar that I, I don't believe that a Thanksgiving dinner counts if you don't have turkey. Like it doesn't even, it doesn't no. even like. I know. I, I agree with you there, outrageous. Struds. That's a Ukrainian feast, is what Ryan Rashog uh, demonstrated. <laughs> yeah, at October, and that's fine. There's a Ukrainian element on on my side of the family for sure. So, or on Randine's side of the yeah. family, but yeah, opportunity lost. But let's get into it. So, turkey, uh, gravy, potatoes together, and then I have stuffing, and then I have uh, they're called nifty carrots. They're out of Betty Crocker's cookbook. They're unreal, and those are my four. And they, I'd, I'd eat that every night, and I'd be walking right alongside Ryan Rashog trying to stay in shape. <laughs> See, this is the thing is that I don't think you can put the mashed potatoes in the gravy. I think that counts as two. And that's part of the reason no. why I go with the cranberry sauce because the cranberry sauce is great with the stuffing. The cranberry sauce is great with the pierogies. And the cranberry sauce, quite frankly, is great with the sweet potatoes. So it covers everything. I would rather go, and I, I didn't mention gravy. I like gravy too, but I didn't include it. It automatically comes with it. You, the, when, you, when you put the mashed potatoes on the stove to make it gravy just walks right out of the pantry and jumps in beside yes. it so it's yeah. not like you have to get the gravy yourself it comes with potatoes uh over here in the weiss johnson youtube mentions uh stuffing is weird and gross says jason toshak oh, uh i mean this is not very in the spirit of thanksgiving davin says a couple more plates in your belly will be proportionate with your head ryan Thanksgiving, <laughs> 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 davin <laughs> Thanks, bud. Uh, Subi, hop in here. Give us your four, and then we'll uh, we'll get going and talking okay. some hockey. What do you got, buddy? I can be really, really quick on this one. You know my affinity for carbs, so I'm going to take four orders of stuffing. That's all I want. Whoa. That's my four, four orders of stuffing? <laughs> Seriously? Oh no, it would be really close to brownies. Turkey, mashed potatoes with gravy, stuffing, and uh, yeah, let's throw the pumpkin pie in there as I'll have some dessert. Okay. There you go. But I love stuff, man. Good stuffing. Nothing like that. Hon and you Torrio. don't eat it. That's one thing you truly you only eat like with a turkey. Like stuffing doesn't happen at other times if you don't have stuffing right. with your whatever else, you know, cheeseburger. Hmm. <laughs> uh, it's a holiday Torrio special. Holmes chimed in with buns was the weakest pick. Surprise Brown didn't pick salt. <laughs> 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 oh, there we go all right i do uh, like salt too I, I like salt yeah you can send us your list we'll go over some of them in our ask us anything segment uh but let's get to the breakdown brought to you by adrenaline diesel a unique shop for a couple of reasons their ability to do custom jobs like custom exhaust engines custom body work if you can think of it they can get it done they're also known as the ghostbusters so you know you take your your engine in and they can't figure out what's going on. You take it to someone else, they can't figure out what's going on. It's one of those mysteries. Well, they're Ghostbusters at Adrenaline Diesel. They love a challenge like that. Take it to Marty and his crew. They will figure it out and they won't quit until they have an answer. They love a challenge. High standards and great service. Visit AdrenalineDiesel.ca. So I was thinking about what we wanted to talk about in this segment, guys. And I guess, uh, I mean, there's the headline stuff, right? We'll maybe talk about goaltending. We can. I'm going to try and clarify the situation around Lavoie and Peterson and Niemalainen in waivers. So we'll do that in a minute. Um, but then Dreger dropped the bomb right before the podcast started uh, that both Shifley and Hellebuck have signed seven-year deals um, at eight point something something. I'm just going to grab Dreg's tweet here. But uh, Struds, we've talked about the Jets before on the show. Uh, what do you make of these deals happening right before the season gets going here? I think this is a really good thing for Canadian cities that you have two guys that want to stay in Canada um, and, and no disrespect to Winnipeg, but it wouldn't be, you know, probably the most desirable market for, for free agents. So for those two guys to stay, I think that's great. I am a little surprised though, from a player's perspective, that they decided to stay on Connor Hellebuck. Every time he's asked, he says, I'm looking to win a Stanley cup. I'm looking to win a Stanley cup. I believe this team is pretty good. I don't think they're as good as they've been in the past when they didn't meet expectations. So for these two guys to join in here, specifically Hellebuck, uh, it, and a very good goalie, he must obviously feel they have something that could be a Stanley Cup winner. I don't know how they – right now they're not – I wouldn't even say they're the third best team in their division uh, behind Colorado and Dallas. So mm -hmm. I, I just, from the player's perspective, I think it's a very surprising move at this time to do that. 
I'm not sure they could be straight. They could be traded though, Brownie. I mean, they were trying to trade them, but in this in this position where you're trying to recoup assets to help your team long term on guys that have no time left on their deal, basically, the one thing I do wonder is if you know these deals are seven years at eight point five million for the next couple seasons, anyways. These feel like tradable deals, and with these contracts attached to these players, maybe they're more movable. But for the time being, Brownie, they stay put. Well, I guess we'd have to see if there's no trades put into their contract. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm sure they'll be able, be able to. I'm sure they'll control. be able to pick their spot a bit. Yeah. I, again, I, I I gotta emphasize what Strud said. Uh, being in an, a, a Canadian market as we are here in Edmonton, and with some pretty big names <laughs> coming up in the next couple of years who will be free agents, there was a fear last year amongst the Canadian teams when they when a Kachuk wanted out, when a Johnny Goudreau wanted out of Calgary, and I mean, nothing, not to want to compare Calgary to Winnipeg, but I think Calgary's would be on the list a little higher than uh, Winnipeg as places to live. So if all of a sudden these good players are leaving, star players are leaving Canadian cities, there's a fear. Okay, what if now my star player's contract is up? Is he going to want to go down to the States? So I think this is huge for all Canadian hockey teams that two superstars have decided to stay, and both of them would have been wanted anywhere else in the National League. I mean, you got one of the best goalies in the world in Hellebuck. So wanting to stay in Winnipeg is huge. I do believe Winnipeg has a good hockey. And I think they are a playoff hockey club. And I think what we've seen over the last number of years, get to the playoffs, anything can happen. The Florida Panthers, you don't have to look much further than them. I think now the Winnipeg ownership group, management group can start looking at adding things throughout the season without the uh, the two guys being uh, unsigned. All the way through the year now you're wondering are they going to sign do we have to trade them how do you get other free agents to come here how can we make a trade for someone who wants to come here so i think this was a huge sigh of relief give kevin shovel day off huge huge props for this and i do believe winnipeg has a good team they have the one of the best goalies in the league shifley as you said before we went on air 40 goals this is a good team now they can add to this good team and see what the trade of dubois last year or this summer if that can help them by adding the depth players that they added in that trade. So I don't know if they want to be there or not long-term, right? The, the sense that everybody had before was that they did not. And Strud's, what they need to do is they need to take care of their own business so that they are, in fact, tradable assets. If Mark Shifley gets back to his high-end game, this is a highly tradable contract, at least for the next few years. If Connor Hellebuck, finds that high, high-end game and is one of the best goalies in the league and in that Vesna conversation, same thing. He's going to be in that conversation. I think Sheveldayoff being out there in the market trying to move these guys with no time left on their deals, I think the future's still very much up in the air here. But if they take care of business, Struddy, there will be more of a market for these guys. Yeah, no, there's no doubt about it. And I, I could see that. I guess it's a very difficult, I think, path to walk as a GM because as Brownie said like you know they're two good players and now you have them on your team so you're adding but you're always looking to maybe move them on if you move on from Connor Halibut because you trade him let's say two years from now who's the next guy who comes in and fills those that spot if you've already kind of bulked up the rest of your team so I don't know man I I would I I have no idea I'm no answer but I think if they sign him they intend to keep him so then you Mm -hmm. build from there otherwise it just you know, how do you, if you're the GM, I'm signing them to trade them, but now I've, I've got them, but I got to make the team good around so they can perform well. I don't know. I, I just, listen, I, I've been disappointed by Winnipeg many times. I've always thought they were going to do better, specifically when they had their, that really good group of talented defensemen and, and, and Bufflin. And they, they always let me down. So I think I'm a little bit uh, anti-Winnipeg Jets playoff run. Uh, I've been burned too many times. Okay, let's get to uh, let's get to the Edmonton Oilers here. The news today. By the way, I asked Jay Woodcroft uh, if he would tell us who was starting in net, and he said that he would not. Uh, so no answer there. They weren't practicing on their main ice surface. They were at the downtown community arena. So the whole which goalies in the starting end. It looked like technically Skinner was at the starter's end, but I'm not going to say that because it's not always the same in the downtown community arena. So don't quote me on that. So at this point, we still don't know. They might be an optional skate tomorrow, so maybe tomorrow we still won't know. Might not be till morning skate, day of the game in Vancouver. Brownie Strud's and I have done a podcast since Campbell's last performance. I said start Campbell. He said start Skinner. What say you, my friend? 
I, I think they'll start Skinner in game one, and I think they'll start Campbell in game two. I think that they're just going to look at the history. Skinner was their number one guy last year, and he had an off game in preseason, but he wasn't horrendous the entire preseason. Okay. I think both goalies will play on Wednesday and I think is it Wednesday, Saturday, the two games. And I think they'll both start to get both against Vancouver. So I think Skinner starts game one. I think Campbell starts game two. So you say that's what you think they will do. What would you yep. do? I do the same. You're good with I that? I do the same. Yeah, I'm good with that. I mean, it's no, I, I know that we as the media and fans make a big deal out of game one, but game one means nothing on a team that is going to be in the playoffs. It's going to challenge for a Stanley Cup. Game 83 is the one that we will put a lot more interest in to see which one starts the first game of the playoffs. But uh, really, I mean, this is just baby steps to where they want to be. So I think there's way too much emphasis on it. But to me, I would start Skinner. Skinner saved their season last year. When Campbell really struggled out of the gate, Skinner came in. That was a lot of pressure to put on him. And he was fantastic. He got the team turned around. I think he earns the right to play game one of the regular season. You give second game to Campbell, and now you start working on a kind of a flip-flop to see which way it benefits the team best for having them play how many games in a row. But I think the best thing for the Oilers right now is two good goaltenders playing almost even until one of them either gets really, really hot or one of them gets really, really cold. Struts. I'd be interested if Campbell had been what you think was maybe the starting netminder, if your narrative would have changed. Uh, it, you know, because you said it appears that uh, Skinner looked like he's in the starting, but it doesn't mean anything. So I wonder if your narrative would have changed about that, Shocker. If but, Campbell uh, were down at the other end, you're saying yeah. that my integrity as a journalist would have changed if it would have made me look smart on my <laughs> podcast? No, not your integrity. I'm not I'm not questioning your integrity at all. I'd never I'd never do that publicly. That's what the group chat's for. It's But I'm saying that you would have handled it differently. Said, uh, just like I said, Campbell is in the starting net. <laughs> no, I would listen. not have. I uh, would no. not. But, okay. This is the logic, too, for me that kind of, Brownie, to what you had to say, and then we're a little bit two-on-one here. I would start Campbell. I think that's the right message to send to the group. There's no charity starts here. What you did last year, don't mean Jack. It was a jump ball from the start of training camp. Jack Campbell got it, and on this Stanley Cup contender, nothing matters more than performance. So perform, and you get to play. So that, I think, is the right message to send this group. Last year, whatever, man. Campbell and, and Skinner both went at it this preseason. Campbell was better, flat out. Okay, well, if you go by that thought process, Holloway was better than Kane in the preseason. Does Holloway get to play with Connor McDavid in the first no, game? No, you're not going to re reorganize your lines. Well, you, just, re you just reorganized the most important you just reorganized the most important position on the ice, the goaltender. Yeah. You, you just said, based on you're sending a message based on the preseason. Forget yes. about last year. Forget yeah. about last year. Well, I mean, Holloway last year was uh, 13th, 14th forward. Kane was on your first line when healthy. In the preseason, Holloway was excellent. Why so does Brownie, he move up you in don't the lineup? Think, so we can all agree that what players do in the preseason, veteran players, is kind of, ah, whatever. It doesn't really matter. 100%. Right? right. It doesn't yep. really matter. Do you feel nope. like it's the same for goalies? And do you think Stuart Skinner at this point in his career is at a place where preseason, eh, whatever. And that if Campbell comes in and outplays him, it's like, eh, you know, it's only, I think preseason matters for goalies. You're either stopping the puck or you're not. It's not about 80% effort on one shift and 70 on another and yeah. 100 when you really need to. Players can do that. Goalies, I don't think can. You're either stopping no, but the players, or you're not. the way that. But the way the players play in front of the goalie will also dictate how the goalie looks. I mean, if the players are going, eh, on defensive coverage, mm -hmm. eh, I could have had that back, back door one-timer. To me, it, you do base things on the year before. You've earned that. Stuart's going to earn the right to start game one based on last year. Hmm. I mean, if, if this was Montreal, Montreal five years ago and Carey Price has an off preseason and the backup goalie plays three, does the backup goalie get to go in net ahead of Gary, Carey Price? What would the head coach have said during training camp? Yep, it's an open competition. Yeah, Jump ball for you, the net opening night. Of course he every wouldn't time, have said that. But every time I went to Pittsburgh's training camp, the Pittsburgh Penguins coaching staff and management, very first day, everybody's job's on the line here. Every, <laughs> there's nobody safe here. And we're looking around the room. That's Ow. BS. And you know it. I know it. And so is this. So me, really? if I'm coaching, Stuart Skinner starts game one based on last year. Campbell starts game two based on his preseason. And now we start 
basing their play will dictate who plays in the next game. Hi, Strad, you still here? Yeah, no, I, 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 I mean, I've been, I've been, I couldn't agree more with you. I think the challenge, though, and I get the coach is saying, you know, it's a jump ball. He's trying to encourage Campbell to fight for, it, and he wants him to fight for, it, right? But in his mind, I, I just couldn't imagine not starting my all-star goaltender from last year. I just can't, I just can't imagine that. He's a guy who got us to the playoffs. What message are you sending to him? Hey, thanks for everything, but this is actually our guy. This is our guy, Campbell. Well, it's not about our guy. This is our guy. It's about that you is. both knew deal when you came in we sat you both down we were really honest with both of you and said we think you're both great goalies we need to win as many games as we can so push each other and the guy who's going is the guy that's going to get it i think athletes respect that right let's go back to let's go back to holloway how is he not playing ahead of other guys in preseason then after the preseason camp then because I, it's not about you. Don't rearrange your lineup you just based said on that. Players, yeah. you just Leon, players you don't respect. bump guys up and down. It's apples and oranges. You just, you you just bumped a goaltender to a okay. backup role. Okay. If Leon didn't score. Should we worried about his position on the second line? <laughs> yeah. Good okay. point. There, you guys. You're uh, it's two on one here, and you guys are. I think you're both making <laughs> points that are not relevant to my point on the goaltending. <laughs> We'll right. wait. We'll fight about it on Wednesday night. The other thing I have an issue with is the idea that you'd start one goalie on opening night, he plays great and win the game, and you pull him mm -hmm. two nights later and go with the other guy just because. I don't necessarily trust both that your goaltenders either. Yeah, that's you the trust both your goaltenders. We believe in both of you. We need you right. both this yep. year. That's great, Coach. Thank you. That sounds really good. Sure. We'll see. Uh, okay, we got to talk about this cap situation because when both players went on waivers yesterday, so both Peterson and Lavoie go on waivers, a lot of people were going, oh, my God, they chose to keep Nima Lyon over this guy and this and that. So I had a good chat with Hart Levine from Puckpedia, and we went over a couple of things. This is basically the way it works. Marcus Nima Lyon is on a one-way contract. He got hurt during training camp. You can't send a hurt player down to the minors. So you have to keep him. You got to keep him on your roster, and his money is on your roster. That means they couldn't choose one of either Lavoie or Peterson to go down because they had to keep Nimaline and they had to send both those guys down, which meant both of them had to clear waivers. And as we found out today, both guys did, in fact, clear waivers. Excuse me. So that question there was answered. There's a good chance, guys, that the Oilers, I mean, they're only going to have 11 forwards in their lineup to start the season on Wednesday night. There's not really a pathway to getting another forward up to play. I know they still have Ernie here, but you can't sign him and get him in because now you're over the cap. Uh, you can't. The only way would be for Nima Linen to be healthy, get assigned, and then get one of those other guys back up. So they're starting the season 11 and 7. And depending on if Kulak and, and Ekholm are healthy, they could start the season 11 and 6. They could end up shorthanded by a guy for opening night. But after all that talk and all that podcasting about who it was going to be, Struds, it didn't matter because Nima Linen got hurt. We won't know who won until someone gets recalled ahead of someone else. And quite honestly, you probably won't ever know because someone else is probably going to get hurt. And yeah. then you'll have to call up a couple guys. But I think if you're reading between the lines, I feel like Ernie is probably getting a contract. Well, otherwise, why would he stay here, right? What, like, he's not just going to stay here for goodwill. You know, it's, it's, it's either he signs or he goes home. Um, so I, I think that he 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 will get a contract when they're able to fit him in. So I think, I, I, am I wrong in suggesting that it's he that is the winner of the 12th forward sweepstakes? Remember a few years ago when Kelly stayed around for like a couple of a couple months, actually, he yeah. stayed around for. So this would be my he thought played, on, hold on that. He stayed for something different. He stayed to go to the Olympic team. They did him a favor and he could practice. This is old GM and Chiarelli. He went right. and played for the Olympic team. So different situation. Right. But... So if there isn't another contract out there for Ernie, if no one else is offering him one, and if the Oilers were unaware of whether or not either of their players would get taken on waivers, maybe they were just like, yeah, hang around and we'll see what happens on the waiver wire. We'll see what happens on the injury front. Maybe he hangs in here for a week or so looking to see if something shakes loose because they can have him here on a PTO. It's not, it, right. know, they're allowed to do that. So I'm not sure that he flat out won that job and he would be the guy. I don't know, Brownie, what do you think? I agree with you on that one. I just watching him play. I I had the other two well ahead of him, and I think he's here simply as assurance in case something happens, uh, injury wise, uh, waiver wise. I do believe that the the first person up will be Lavoie when they're healthy. Um, but yeah, I, I I just don't see. I didn't see enough out of Ernie in the preseason. I really didn't. And I was hoping that he would be the guy at the very beginning of this. I thought he was the guy that 
probably had a little bit of a, an advantage just because he kind of plays the style they needed. But I didn't see that in the preseason. I just didn't see the urgency in his game that was needed to play on a team that's got a potential Stanley Cup at the end of the season. Yeah, can't disagree with that. I don't know that anybody really jumped up and grabbed the thing, and I think that's problematic mm-hmm. for them. Um, yeah, they need a fourth line. I think they still do. So we'll see what happens. They're going to start the year a little bit shorthanded here. We'll see that 11-7 and seven configuration, I think, in the meantime, and they'll have to to do the best they can with it. Uh, bah, bah, bah. Quickly over to the stream. Uh, Rashog, so easy to get going, thin skin says it just your average canadian did i get going did i seem thin-skinned struds was that i don't know i would suggest you're thin-skinned after your recent three nights in a row of binging on thanksgiving meals <laughs> well actually the skin is a little thinner because it's being stretched out <laughs> it's stretched so much yeah, i take that battery. back I take that comment back all right thank you kindly for that it's just your average canadian who's defending you i've been called a lot of things i don't know thin-skinned i don't know that really bothers me. I'm I'm really going to carry that with <laughs> me for a while now. Because you're thin-skinned, that bothers you. <laughs> uh, you know who looked good in practice today? It was blazing around out there. I was sitting with Louis DeBrasque, and we both sort of looked at each other because, I mean, everybody was doing the drills, and they were working hard. There was clearly somebody who was super keen to be out there, skating 1,000 miles an hour, looked like the fastest guy out there, Ryan McLeod. Has not been around, has been champing at the bit. Yes, it's champing, not chomping. Waiting to go. And today in practice, yes, Struds, it is champing. You didn't know that? Is it really? It's champing. Yeah. <laughs> Did you? Yeah. I didn't know that. I've never heard it referred to that way, but apparently it's, a, it's a, whor- a horse's uh, champ, not chomp. Hmm. You're champing at the bit. Anyway, Ryan McLeod looked. Blazing fast today, bottom line. Louie and I both noticed it, and we both were we were chatting about it. But he was on a line with Dylan Holloway and Warren Fogle. So that much-speculated third line, Fogle was over on the right side. Brownie, I just think that line's going to be so critical this year if they can find an identity. Uh, I agree. I think we saw in the playoffs that uh, the team that they lost to, Vegas, went on to win a Stanley Cup. Every one of their lines had an identity. And they weren't afraid to put out any line in any situation. So I think... Early in the season is important to earn the trust. I think we saw last year Holloway never found the trust throughout the year. Uh, he came in stronger. He came in faster. He came more confident. But, yeah, I, I, that line is fast. And you talk about McLeod. The excitement right now of the beginning of the season, being back with the team, and also wanting to be really fast in practice to show the coaches, hey, I'm ready. Get me in there on opening night. But 100%, I, I agree that line can be a very, very effective line that can keep momentum going after their first two lines get off the ice. You know what, Brown, just keep that going. I think they actually could be a momentum-changing line because of how fast Mm -hmm. they are, right? Like they're, I think they're all 6'2", 200 pounds roughly, and they all fly. I mean, so they should they should be able to go out there if things aren't going well. Not just be someone who just kills 45 seconds, right? Someone goes out there, maybe turns the tide a little bit. So um, I'm really looking forward to see what this line can do, but I think they have to be given an identity, as Brownie talked about. What what is your job? What are you going to do out there? night in night out and they have to deliver it every single shift in game if they can do that you have three lines that are set and then the fourth line you figure out as you go i'm going to make a call on this line i think that dylan holloway ends up being the driver on this line and not necessarily offensively i think that dylan holloway is going to play fast and i think he's going to play hard i think he's going to finish checks and he's going to be a handful ryan mcleod and warren fogel are both players who know how to play that way and don't do it enough. Now, I would put Fogel and McLeod in different categories. Fogel does it more often. Ryan McLeod does not. And I think there's a good chance that Dylan Holloway will be the emotional barometer on that line, and I think he will drag those guys into that physical fight, and I think it's going to be really good, in particular for Ryan McLeod, who, guys, he can skate like the wind all he wants around the outside of the rink if he doesn't get inside the hash marks this year. You know, he does it in playoffs, doesn't do it nearly enough during the regular season. I, I think you're right. I, I do believe Holloway uh, can lead physically. And Struds knows for a fact that guys feed off it. If you're if you're playing right wing and your left winger just runs someone and the place goes nuts, you want the puck to come over to your corner so you can hit somebody. <laughs> yeah. It just, it, it, the whole, you just love the emotion and the way that the, fa- the fans get into it. So yeah, if Holloway's leading by example, he'll drag the other players along. And 
as you said, they're both capable of it. I think what I hated most is when players forecheck me really hard. And I think that these wingers and that line total, they have a chance to be the best forechecking line for the Oilers. And I, I think they mm -hmm. set the tone, right? So it's finishing checks, but it's using their speed to get in there. No one can slow you down. Just fly by whoever's trying to slow you down, skate right into that guy and and you know get a turnover, stall him, whatever you want to call it, hit him, whatever you want to do. But I think these guys, that line theoretically should be the leader in the forecheck because they can get on that puck so quick and that demoralizes line. Because you think about it, you're going against Connor's line, then you have to play against Leon's line, then you have to play against that line. None of those lines would look very attractive to me to play against at any time during the game. No question. I think it's got a chance to be a pretty good third line. They just they need to bring that emotional play and they need to finish checks. And that's the way that they're going to go grab momentum. And hopefully Ryan McLeod can be along for that ride right from game one of the regular season. Mm -hmm. Kulak looked pretty good today. He was out on the ice. Matias Ekholm looked good today. He was out on the ice. I already talked about how Ryan McLeod looks. Not going to say who will or won't be ready uh, opening night in a couple of nights. Uh, based on today, though, from what I saw, it looked like they had a group of players that, for the most part, were ready to go. All right, Brownie, we're going to let you go. We'll remind people that your appearances here on Got Your Back are brought to you by our great friends over at Kinprint, high-quality apparel and promotional products. To take your brand to the next level, visit kinprint.ca. they got a mug on the way for you, Brownie. Kinprint's oh, got yes. yeah, some mugs printed. We'll get some Got Your Back hats going. Maybe we'll even do some giveaways on the, on the program here, fellas. Love it. That's exciting. I, like, is it a cocktail glass that they're sending? Because oh, is that what you I mean, sometimes, well, I mean, hanging out with you guys, you know, I just have a nice cocktail. I'm sitting right by my bar yeah. right now. A little wine cozy. Oh, that'd be good too. Yeah, yeah. All the, there's so many things right here. <laughs> Brownie, uh, have a great Thanksgiving tonight, my friend. Thanks for doing this. And we will, I think we're going to drop another podcast tomorrow night, I think, previewing the season. So uh, we'll catch you then, Brownie. Sounds good. Happy Thanksgiving, everybody. All right. Cheers, buddy. And let's see if Brownie can get himself out of the podcast. No. He's going to try. <laughs> <laughs> oh, there he's gone. <laughs> Look at that freeze yeah, frame. That's geez. amazing. Uh, lots to come on the podcast. In our next segment, I caught up with Dylan Holloway, had a really good conversation with him yesterday, talked about what he's seeing from Captain Connor McDavid, how his relationship is with McDavid. Does he ever get chirpy with him? Talked a little bit about that improving after practice what he's focused on and his expectations for the year so very short break and then dylan holloway in our takeaway segment coming up look at brownie that's awesome hey everyone it's kelly here from united sport and cycle the wait is over united's annual hockey day sale is finally here save 20 percent off on select ccm and bauer skates save 35 percent off on all bauer and ccm pro stock sticks and save up to 25% off on select Bauer and CCM equipment. And for you goalies, save up to 20% off select Bauer, Warrior, and CCM goal gear. Trust the experts at your home of hockey for over 95 years. United Sport and Cycle. Are you ready to elevate your moving experience? Trusted for over 100 years, Ferguson Moving and Storage are your partners in relocation, ensuring your journey is smooth and stress-free. And say goodbye to surprises with Ferguson's transparent flat rate pricing. Contact them now for a free moving quote and use the promo code FERGUSON to receive $100 off your next move. Visit fergusonmoving.com and let them lift your expectations. All right, time now for takeaways brought to you by our good friends over at Martin Motorsports, your one-stop marine and recreation shop. They've been in business for close to 60 years, and they are stocked up with the best brands in the world. Their showroom is phenomenal. So many fun-looking toys. If you're into that kind of thing, you got to go check it out, whether it's on land, on snow, on water, on the road. Begin your adventure with Martin Motorsports. Visit martinmotorsports.ca. Had a chance to catch up with Dylan Holloway yesterday after the Oilers practice. Good conversation. Uh, take a listen. Struddy and I will break it down when we're done. Here's Oiler forward Dylan Holloway and the Weiss Johnson Soundbox. So exhibition season wraps up here, Dylan, and you had another excellent exhibition season. What did you learn last year about that transition from exhibition play to regular season play? Because it's two years in a row Frankly, you've been one of the better players on the team through exhibition. 
Yeah, I think the uh, biggest thing I learned from last year is obviously the pace is a little bit quicker, but I think for the most part, uh, mistakes cost a little bit more. You know, an exhibition, uh, you make a mistake, and uh, whether, no matter what happens, it kind of it's exhibition, right? So like, there's a little bit less pressure, but uh, going into the season, kind of that's when it starts to count. That's when everything matters, and uh, the team's looking to play sharp and get better every single day. So uh, I think the biggest thing for me is just kind of keep pushing, keep playing smart, and then, uh, yeah, just keep playing the right way. Bit of a different situation this year. I mean, last year we were all wondering, is he ready for the NHL? I think you've proved that you are. Now it's about, you know, how much ice time can you earn? How much opportunity can you carve out for yourself? Yeah. Does it feel different for you this year? Yeah, I think a little bit. I think uh, I definitely want to push for some more opportunity and a bigger role in the team. Uh, last year I didn't really know what to expect going in. Uh, it felt good in camp, and then obviously it's a big jump. So uh, I'm happy I learned a lot last year, and I'm just looking forward to kind of putting that in place this year. Expectations. What kind of conversations have, have you had with your coach? And, you know, where do you see yourself fitting into this lineup? What goal do you have for your contribution? Yeah, my goal is definitely, well, definitely have a bigger role than last year. Um, I know our top six is pretty solid right now, but I'd love to play on the third line and uh, play those hard minutes, uh, maybe get some PK time, and then uh, also chip in offensively. I think uh, it's something I can do and something I want to push to try and accomplish. The bottom six forwards, and we know there's not a ton of power play time up for grabs on this team, yeah. but to be able to be part of a special team. He's tried you on the kill. Looks like he said he likes what he's seen so far. You think he can be an NHL penalty killer? Yeah, I think so. Uh, I don't, I don't, I'd love to be on the kill. I think it's, uh, it's a lot of fun. Obviously, we don't want to take penalties, but uh, <laughs> I think it's a, it's a good opportunity to earn more ice time and... Uh, you know, kind of be more comfortable out there. And then I think uh, another thing, too, is I just got to learn the system as best I can and then uh, implement that if I do get a chance to get out there. You didn't get a lot of ice time last season. I think you were under 10 minutes a game. You were with the team for quite a bit, though. What's that balance for you as a guy that, that you want to play minutes and you're used to playing big minutes but still learning when the minutes aren't necessarily coming yeah. and having to be patient, you know, waiting for your chance? Yeah, I mean, I think you just got to stay ready. Um, Obviously, everybody wants to play as much as they can, but sometimes in those games, uh, they get a little weird with penalties. Uh, either way, you're not really playing too much, so I think when you do get a shift, you've got to make the most of it, and uh, that's just all I tried to do last year. It's about wanting to play the game free and not afraid to make mistakes, yeah. but also understanding that mistakes are costly and you don't necessarily want to be making them. So did you ride kind of that fine line last year, you know, maybe at times nervous about making mistakes, but also knowing that you've you got to play free too? Yeah, I think a little bit. Um, I think it comes kind of with playing lesser minutes. Uh, you make one mistake, and that's what kind of they remember, uh, just because you didn't get out there as much, like, as opposed to if you, uh, if you play 20 minutes, you have one turnover, they're not going to remember that because you played uh, a whole bunch of other minutes. But I think for me, the biggest thing is just to like, watch. Last year I was watching basically all our top guys, seeing the way they play. They all play the right way. Uh, and then from that, they generate like their offense and everything. So I think that was the biggest thing for me is just kind of learn and watch, learn how to play the right way, and then everything will follow. Developing extra skills. I'm not complaining, but you kept me waiting about half hour today because you were mucking around out there with Sam Gagne. Yeah. Uh, you guys are working on one-timers down low. Obviously, Sam's a good guy to work on that stuff with. How do you know what should be on your list? So when practice is over and it's your guys' time to do your thing, what, what does your list look like, and how do you know what to spend time on? Yeah, I think, uh, well, for me, obviously, I want to score more goals. So I think that entails just more shooting, kind of being in the right areas, shooting in better spots. Uh, trying to lean on some guys. I was working with Leo the other day, and we're working on uh, some, like, quick passing and then more shooting also. So, but I think after practice, I love to work on shooting. Uh, the ice is kind of bad, so it's, it's not easy, but uh, it's a good, good opportunity to get your reps in. And, uh, like, sometimes working on skating after practice, you're so gassed that it's kind of yeah. hard, you know, but... Uh, I think shooting-wise, I think it's a good time to work on shooting. That's the fun stuff, too. I mean, the shooting. Yeah. It's not like you're going to work on back checking after practice. Yeah, 100%. Yeah, I'm not going to be bagging myself, but uh, I like to stay out there and work on some skills for sure. Trying to find that next level, it's kind of in those little margins with these skills that you're working on, right? So if you can slowly become a guy that maybe you don't play a ton of center, but I see you working on face-offs, too. Mm -hmm. You and Sam were working on one-timers from, like, the goal line today. Yeah. Just all these different little areas. Maybe just your approach to kind of leaving no stone unturned and trying to make sure you're taking care of all these different aspects. Yeah, I mean, I think a lot of skills translate into other other skills, you know, like one-timers from the goal line, you probably might get one of those once every five games, but if you are able to bury on it, that's like, that's incredible. And also, too, it just helps for aim, helps for aim from one tee from the top of the circles and everything. So um, I think for me, a lot of it is just 
being more like comfortable in every situation with the puck, without the puck, kind of being in better spaces. So um, whether like whether the skills are applicable or great away, or they kind of just like, are one, a one-off thing, I think it's important to work on. How can you describe for me Connor McDavid's presence on the ice and on the bench, but also in the room uh, as a leader? Yeah, definitely a big presence. Uh, I think every time he steps in a room, everybody knows. You know, he's just he's that that kind of like electric of a player. Like he's he's so good that everybody wants to like everybody's watching him. Everybody's watching him off the ice, kind of seeing what he's doing. Uh, at least for me personally, but um, he's definitely got a big presence. And as a leader, I think he's a great leader. Uh, he, he leads vocally, and then I think his biggest aspect is he leads uh, by example. Anytime we need him to step up or need a big player, need to get the boys going, he's always doing it. So. Um, and then in the gym too, like he's leading by example. He's always in the gym, in the gym after games and stuff. So, you know, if he's in the gym, we kind of have no excuse not to be. You know, so uh, I think I think he's a great leader and um, just pumped. He's a- How's your relationship with Connor? Are you guys uh, like can, can you get chirpy with him at all, or, how, or is it just yes, Mr. McDavid, sir? <laughs> no, he's he's a good guy. He's pretty approachable. So uh, I like to chirp every once in a while. I'll keep it light around him. Uh, I think I think all the older guys like him. The young guys kind of. Get, get after him a little bit, but as a young guy too, I definitely take my fair share of chirps, so it's, it's all fun and games. You must have had something for him after you beat him in pickleball. Like, there had to be some chirps there. Actually, it wasn't many. I think he was actually pretty choked about it. Um, they were definitely... That's have, the time to strike. I know. They are definitely heavy favorites going into the, into the game, and people were kind of sleeping on me and Broby, but uh, the final game, I thought we were in control the whole time, and uh, it was very nice to get the win over those guys. So what was said at the end of it, like in the handshake, was it was it just good game and sh- he shut it down? Was it yeah. good na- or was it clearly frustration? I think it was, uh, well, also, too, we were playing pickleball for like five hours, so I think both teams are pretty gassed. But uh, I, think he, I think he was a little, little upset about it, so we didn't want to rub it in too bad. Dylan, appreciate your time. Thanks for this. Good luck this season. Happy Thanksgiving. Yeah, thank you very much. You too. All right, and our thanks to order forward Dylan Holloway. Struds, anything stand out to you? Well, it sounds like he's really trying to absorb as much information as he can from the mm-hmm. other guys, right? And so, um, you know, whether it's working with Gagne or just soaking things up from Connor McDavid, I think those are huge things. I know when you, you go into the league, you, know, you don't really know what's going on. Then you kind of figure out what kind of player you want to be, and then you work with guys to improve that. So I, I love that from him. Um, yeah. So I think it, it seems constant, constant in that interview. I have to say, I mean, we were waiting for – I was waiting for half hour and I was like, what's going on? I went out there and he and Gagne are killing themselves laughing out on the ice, but they're, they're having a blast, but they're just working on stuff. Like he's working on his one timer and he's just burying one timers coming across. He's not going to see a power play for a while, but he's doing things to try and make himself better. And when you have that attitude and you're doing that consistently, we've seen it over the years, Struds, the guys who are willing to put in that time and the guys who are not, their game continues to evolve. They don't plateau early. It doesn't matter if you're if you're going to get uh, power play time this year. If he's going to get power play time, when he does get a chance, he's got to be ready. So you put the work in now for the opportunity that maybe comes in January or February. There's going to be injuries. Like let, let's just be honest. There's going to be injuries, um, or they want to change the look up at some point, and and um, he'll get a chance. So when you get the chance, you have to be ready. You can't be like, oh, I better start working on this now when you're going the power play tonight. Two years in a row, he's looked like one of the best forwards on the team. Be really interesting to see how he transitions into regular season play this time around. And if he can just barrel his way through any mistakes and just pound his way through and get noticed and force his coaching staff to have him out there on the ice. That was Takeaways brought to you by Martin Motorsports. Coming up after a very short break, Struddy's World. Struddy, you want to give us like a two-word headline on what we got, what, what, what you got today? The most overrated item on the Thanksgiving dinner table. Oh, I like it. So we already did the must-have for, and now you're going overrated item. Okay, during this break, pay attention to the commercials because they're our beloved sponsors. But on the pod stream here on YouTube, send us what you think the most overrated item is. Struddy's about to tell us his in Struddy's world back in like 80 seconds. Stay with us. Okay, heroes, are you trying to tough it out through a sports or life injury right now? Trying to prove your mettle by grinding through, gritting your teeth? Well, Redefined Health is here to say it's time to come on in. At Redefined Health, they'll high-five you for your toughness and then get to work on helping you fix the problem. Helping athletes and heroes find better balance, performance, and injury prevention, visit RedefinedHealth.com. Long Shots Golf is the destination for both golf enthusiasts and sports fans. 
top-of-the-line TrackMan simulators provide a highly entertaining and accurate golf experience, while a full-service sports bar loaded with big screens and scratch kitchen make it a truly unique destination. They have locations in Sherwood Park and Edmonton. Experience the best indoor golf and sports bar in town. Visit longshots.ca. That's longshots with a Z .ca. When you make a mistake, heads should roll. Just me and Nick Lachey, window down, shirt off, just loving it. My goal is someday maybe before it's come. No, but I say it out loud. It does sound a little crazy. All right, time now for Strutty's World, brought to you by Pathfind. If you own or operate a business, you know the value of a great employee. Pathfind is there to help you find your next star player that will take your business to the next level. They can help with recruitment, career transition, leadership coaching. They have your whole team covered. Find your organization's path forward at pathfind.ca. Great local company. Thrilled to have them on board as sponsors. Strutty, let's talk some food, big guy. Last night, my mom prepared an incredible feast. Obviously, my wife and my sister, they they helped out. Um, and there was just, I think we counted seven or eight different dishes. We're truly blessed and very lucky to have that type of meal. It doesn't mean that we can't criticize an item or two that's on that table. It was all great. The turkey was perfect. Stuffing was amazing. My brother-in-law even made uh, blue cheese uh, potatoes, mashed potatoes, which was incredible. But there's one item that's been on that table, and it's on every table at Christmas and at uh, Thanksgiving, which shouldn't be there. I, I, I think this is something that is a long, it's an archaic um, piece of the meal that's been there for so long and no one even remembers why it's there. It's like that unwanted visitor that comes over and he won't leave. You know, he's drinking kind of like 10, 11, midnight. You're like, okay, it's time to go. To, and he just wants to keep telling you the story about his bad beat in poker. Or it's like that friend that comes over and wants to have a couple of drinks and they bring tonic water, then drink all your good beers. It's frustrating. You don't want it there anymore. I'm talking about cranberry sauce. It's time for the cranberry sauce and the idea of it being on the table. It's so frustrating. It needs to be gone. No one used it. My mom put it out. She lovingly does every year. She's a great, great mother, great grandma. And she puts out every year. No one touched it. I cleaned the dishes. I saw what was in there. The level was the same height as when she placed it. It didn't go down. The, 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 the potatoes went down. Uh, the artichoke salad went down. All that level. No one's eating the cranberry sauce. I told my mom, said, listen, I love the meal. Leave it on the sideline. Nobody wants it. No one wants it. It's just unwanted. It's unwanted and unnecessary. So people, I'm here to tell you, cranberry sauce, archaic way of thinking for preparing Thanksgiving meals. Let it go. Okay, buddy. You're going to be in for a fist fight here. This is going to be an all-out <laughs> flipping Donnybrook, buds, because cranberries were on my list of four essentials that I absolutely would have to have. Zuby, bring yourself in here, buddy. Struds. It, it's it's critical. I mean, cranberry sauce with stuffing, fantastic. With the turkey, fantastic. A little bit with the pierogies. It goes with so many different things. And it counterbalances the gravy, which is more the, 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 the salts. The sweet on the plate is critical. Zuby, I'm, I could not disagree more with you, Struds. I wholeheartedly object. Zuby, back me up here. Straighten this clown out. Uh, I am going to back you up, but I'm not, not not as passionate about it as you are. But I I think it's important to have it there. It does. I'm a I'm a blend. I like to blend flavors, and so I didn't even really discover adding the cranberry sauce until probably in the last ten years. I was just eating a big plate of stuffing, and then I decided <laughs> maybe this I could try. Some probably got in by accident, and that's how I first included it. But I do I like how it brings things together. I think it's important. And you know what? I almost feel like part of the transit uh the tradition of thanksgiving is putting a bunch of it in the trash when you're done <laughs> i feel like that's part of it <laughs> are you not using the fresh stuff struds or are you using like the canned stuff that's in a big round lump as opposed to like fresh cranberry sauce uh, i'm to be honest i'm not sure i'm not because it doesn't even matter to me it's, it's irrelevant so i'll just say these two things here Number one, uh, you lost your credibility, Shagro, and you didn't include turkey in your four things you find essential on, on, your, on your plate. So that kind of, yeah, you lose your credibility a little bit just for when it comes to Thanksgiving meals. And Zuby made a very telling answer. He said, most of it gets thrown out. And so would you throw out the turkey? No, no, that, that goes in the old Tupperware. We're tucking that in there. Stuffing, saving it. We're saving the potatoes. We're saving the, the carrots. We're saving everything. The, 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 the bottom feeder of the whole circle of life meal 
is the cranberry sauce. She gone. You throw that out. You don't want it. I so could somebody, go get the leftover cranberry from my, we have it in the fridge right now. I just had a sandwich before the podcast and this is where you're missing out struds. Okay. Cranberry sauce on the sandwiches the next day. Yeah. An absolute staple. Almost more important more. Than, the, than the actual meal has to be on the sandwiches the next day. I couldn't agree with you more. And that is called a cranberry sandwich, right? So it's not a, that's not the Thanksgiving meal. So we're talking about two separate things. You know, like it's very different, a very different situation. So I get it. I love cranberry sandwiches. I'll put it on there all day long. But to bring it, invite it to the party that's been invited for so long, it's time, it's antiquated. It's an antiquated way of thinking. We got to let it go. It's like the two line pass. It's time to let it go. Well, Zuby, you were, they were requesting a poll on the uh, on the YouTube feed here. Yeah, I threw it uh, up. I don't know if you have time. You, did you throw one up? I did. Yeah. All right. Only well, only, tw only twelve votes to this point. It's uh, cranberry sauce. Mm -hmm. Keep it or lose it. Fifty-eight percent lose it. Forty-two percent keep it. Okay. Well, we'll leave it up there, and we'll end the show with the results of the cranberry <laughs> sauce debate. Uh, Struds, if you don't want to have it, I think that's perfectly fine, and it is your right bizarre but there is no way you are expelling cranberry sauce from thanksgiving tradition no chance not happening it's like inviting chopsticks to a thanksgiving meal i love chopsticks i use them when i go to first sushi but we're not bringing those in either right all right that was strutty's world brought to you by pathfind i wonder what dominic from pathfind would say about this um i don't know man maybe he could text me and weigh in last segment of the day is going to be ask us anything and this is where you're going to have a chance to weigh in on that mess you just heard from struds uh, let us know what you think about the dylan holloway interview uh, what you think about Raphael Lavoie clearing waivers, whatever you have for us. We're happy to take your questions here on the stream. Match Eatery and Public House uh, is the one presenting Ask Us Anything, your destination for all the sports action, big screens, ice cold beer, and all your pub favorites perfected. Match Eatery and Public House located adjacent to Rogers Arena in the Grand Villa Casino. For more information, check out matchpub.com. All right, Zuby, it's been a little bit feisty Curb is in a mood on the on the street tonight, hey? He is. He's I'm not been like well. His one chirp is this banter is East Coast League level. It, it was oh. one of his latest like chirping oh. our banter even. Well, and he, I'm not sure what somebody did to his Thanksgiving dinner, but yeah, he's definitely been in a mood today. Uh, but he got chirp back a very good chirp. Big Tuna came back and said, "Curb trying harder than Lavoie to get noticed." Uh, I that was <laughs> <laughs> well done, Tuna. Well I done. Was, I thought that was pretty accurate. Uh, certainly on the what's the what's the um, what can go. We had um, or what's overrated. Couple votes for cranberry sauce. Um, uh, one guy, Sexton Hardcastle. I think that uh, might be his adult film uh, name. He said that little plate of bread and butter pickles that so many no! people put out. I agree. I he agree. says that trying overrated. to get rid of everything sweet off the table. <laughs> These are the sweets. There's so much salt and MSG going on. You need some sweet to counterbalance. Some stranger says can't stand pumpkin anything. Agreed. Uh, yeah, I'm there. I don't do pumpkin. I can't do the pumpkin pie at the end of the meal. Can't do it. And uh, yeah, that's what uh, th that those were the big. Uh, the big, big hitters. comments. Anything there, hockey related, Zuby, or are you yeah, just following they're... your stomach here and just reading the food ones? <laughs> it's so topical. Um, Hontorio Moms said, and uh, I kind of agree with this, just wonder your guys' thought on it. He says, big surprise, Oilers fans overvalue their prospects. What do you... Right. As, uh, with nobody getting claimed, and that seems like that has happened more than just this year. It's pretty, this is the day to put them through though, right, Struds? Because everybody's trying to get cap compliant. <laughs> and if you're at all worried, yesterday was the day to drop a guy onto waivers because the list is long. So this is the perfect time to do it. I think that, you know, what happens is how many people have actually watched Raphael Lavoie play last year? How many people actually watched him play and, and can really evaluate his game? You know, he, there's some people who do watch it. I know like uh, Alan Mitchell, Low Tide does a good job of it. But I, yes. I can say personally, I'm not watching them a ton. I watch some highlights and check it out. I have enough keeping me busy just trying to watch NHL games, right? So, you know, unless you've really looked at the player and really evaluated, it's, I think it's hard and we get excited about the idea of what he could possibly be. Then you, you see him play an exhibition, you're like, okay, well, maybe there's a guy there if I, if, you know, maybe he does this or that. Whereas a guy like Dylan Holloway, now higher draft pick and all that, 
but he's clear. You can see what he can be. It's very clear what he's doing. So I, I think we've got to be careful. I think every fan base does that. Oh, we got this guy. He's a whatever, late rounder. Right. He's got a chance. You got to be careful. Uh, we're in the Weiss Johnson YouTube mentions here. Uh, Weiss Johnson heating and air conditioning reminds you to be proactive rather than reactive and get your furnace or heating system serviced and tuned up for winter so you know that you won't have to worry because when it's minus 30 and everybody's furnace is crapping out, that's not the time to do it. Call Weiss Johnson. He'll come over, get you all serviced and fixed up. Visit WeissJohnson.com. Original Puzar. The risk of Lavoie getting claimed was low. GMs are not clamoring to claim 23-year-old former second-round picks coming off good, not great AHL seasons, 90th in points, with zero NHL games cut again. <clears throat> I'm not so sure Lavoie would have been uh, put on waivers had they not run into the Nima Linen situation. My instinct is, and we'll never have this answer, my instinct is he would have been the one to stick around because Yanmark has proven he can do a decent job in the middle and that Lavoie from an organization standpoint, would have been prioritized over Peterson. And I do believe that Raphael Lavoie is going to get NHL games this season, Struds. You've been strong on the fact that he's too deep into his career not to have gotten a look yet. And the second half of his AHL season was really where he got noticed. Yeah, you, you love the slow burn. Like, if he, if this is how he is, everybody develops differently. Um, but I did say I would like to see him get a couple games last year for the player to see what the pace is like. But his shot, there's no doubt. His release is ridiculous. Like, that is an elite, elite release. Um, so to have that on your third or fourth line would be nice. But there's other parts of the game. Because realistically, how many shots does a third or fourth liner get per night? Not, not a ton. Because ice time's reduced. You're not getting on the power play. So it, it becomes difficult. And generally speaking, the guys you're playing with are really hard workers. They're maybe not quite as skilled as you might find further up the lineup. So um, he's got to add other elements to his game. Zuby, we got one more. Um, I wanted to uh, ask you guys about Winnipeg. Um, what do you guys see now for them? Where do they land in the division or, and, and or are they a playoff team? Struds, you were saying no better than third in the division anyways. Well, at best, I've got Dallas and yeah. Colorado up there now. I, Dallas is going to be so good this year. Yeah, Dallas is going to be hard to beat. The thing I don't like about Colorado, I'm not a huge Ryan Johansson fan. I feel like he doesn't have a lot of pace to his game, and I don't know if that translates well to Colorado. And then you got Johnny Drew in there, but who, who was with his old buddy now. But again, those are a couple of pretty, pretty big question marks for me in the top six. So, but I still think they're better than Winnipeg. So, at best, they're third. And then who else is in there? Nashville. I can't see Chicago doing yeah. much. Um, uh, who am I missing? There's a couple yeah, third other. Third or fourth. St. Louis. St. Louis is yeah. in the mix, you know. So I think they're fighting for a wild card spark, spark at the best. <laughs> uh, committed the ultimate sin here on the podcast. Absolutely talked my way right through the Weiss Johnson jingle. That's not going to be acceptable. So, Zuby, play that song. Weiss Johnson, Weiss Johnson, whoa. We're proud to be local All right, final segment of the podcast today will be our gem of the day. And Struds is going to uh, think of that one. United Sport and Cycle presents our gem of the day. Your home for sports for over 95 years from that first bike ride, the first time skating on an outdoor rink to crossing that finish line, your team winning the championship. They help you experience more of those special moments. United Sport and Cycle, helping athletes of all levels reach their full potential. Visit United Sport. Dot C-A. Struds, what do you got for a gem of the day today, bud? There were a few good little moments here and there. There were some great moments, but I think I'm going to give it to Rob Brown, who just probably one of the most intelligent comments he's oh, made. Because he agreed in. with you. Here we go. Uh, what is, is it that predictable? predictable? Is it that predictable? So uh, predictable. The gem of the day is Rob Brown agreeing with me. I, I wrote it down here. Rob Brown, I believe uh, Stuart Skinner starts the first game. I thought it was word, word for word. I think that was just a great comment. So well done by Rob. Congratulations to him. Nice. I uh, I will give honorable mention to, was it Davin saying that a few more plates of food and my stomach will be the size of my head? <laughs> Pretty solid. Pretty solid chirp. Ouch. Ouch. All right. That's going to wrap the podcast, folks. Happy Thanksgiving to everybody. Hope you can fit in one more big fat turkey meal tonight. And look forward to dropping another podcast tomorrow night, just a couple of days away from regular season play. Thank goodness. 
But a big thanks to our sponsors and for all of you hanging in on the live streams with us here during preseason, during pretend season. Well, it's going to get real. So tomorrow we'll preview the season. Rob Brown will be back. Zuby, great job. Uh, have a great Thanksgiving Monday night, folks. And we'll talk to you in uh, 30 hours or so. Cheers, See you guys. <laughs>